0: This is Positively Hygiene with your hosts, Amber Lovatos, Amy Prenti, and Angela Doe. Listen on as we dive into the positive of dental hygiene. We're going to talk today about getting raises, which I've never asked for a raise. I have just recently renegotiated a bunch of deals. And I'll say my main strategy for deals is to go into a deal with a willingness to lose the deal. Amy was saying she feels like I know my worth. I think so too. But the reason I go, for the most part, not always, well, the reason I go into a deal, willingness to lose that deal is because I feel it helps me take out the fear of the deal. When I go into a deal with fear, with thinking like, oh my gosh, I absolutely need this. I'm gonna like undervalue myself or undersell myself or ask for less money. Then I end up with a deal that I am not happy with. On the other side of things, when like, I also know that I've done a good job is when I send them a number and they don't automatically say yes. They or and they come back and try to renegotiate, it makes me feel like, okay, I didn't undervalue myself. And so many times I have been in situations where I have accepted less pay than I wanted to get paid. I have accepted less for a deal, or I didn't like the amount of work going to the deal, but because I was just like such a piece, people pleaser, I would say yes. And then ultimately it would hurt my performance because I wasn't happy. I think the same thing kind of relates in dentistry and clinical hygiene.
1: Yeah, I like going in with that mindset because it does limit yourself in different ways. So I think it, that having that mindset definitely like frees, frees you. Um, and I'm going through it now with some things. And so it's it's not easy to have that mindset for sure. I feel like it's a learned learned tactic to do. Hopefully I'll be a pro at it like you <laughs>
0: in the meantime. I know that I'm a pro. But...
2: I think it's an important thing and this, this episode is going to be very important because for those who are practicing clinical and see themselves practicing clinical for the foreseeable future, the hygiene rate of hourly pay has drastically changed in the past five years. I think more so than any other time frame. I don't know if it was just COVID and now there's just you know, like a few, like a shorter, a shortage of hygienists. But I know I can tell you, I don't want to disclose what I get paid now. But when I had started, my first job was $37 an hour in 2018. Now that was in Connecticut. So of course, different locations. When I came down here originally was in the 40s. I now make over $20 higher than when I first started five years ago. Wow. That's almost like forty four dollars a year. You know, it didn't grow in that $4 each year. But if you're not, I guess that's the one step that you need to take into consideration if you are about to ask for a raise is you should know the average rate of entry level pay around you and then the average rate of other hygienists too. And I know we've done on our pages a couple of times where we'll take... Polls and ask about, you know, like what's your hourly rate? We block names and we just kind of divvy it up by state. In the states like Texas, that's tough. You know, Austin versus Dallas, it's all going to pay less. Um, Odessa, you know, it's all <laughs> it's going to be different. But um, it's important to know what others are getting paid around you because something that was actually heartbreaking for me doing this poll, I was able to see a hygienist that was a previous coworker of mine in Connecticut who is about to retire her daughters are both in college she's reaching the end of her career making less than new grads in that same state oh. and i bet you she didn't know yeah you know so if you you first have to figure out what's a fair number that you want to ask for and then you need to have the attributes to back it up for what value you're bringing to accommodate that
1: higher rate you know yeah yeah there was one office i started at and it was i think lower than other lower than what i wanted <laughs> or expected and they like printed up proof they printed up lots of documents like no this is the average rate in your area but like you said it could be a wide range but of course they wanted to match like the lowest and it was really really hard i mean i i took the job i took the job for different reasons and i ended up getting like frequent raises you know so like soon i was like surpassed what i wanted to start with so that's something to consider when you're starting a job like when are my raises when are my reviews going to be um when am I going to be evaluated because I know people that haven't had it in years and I feel like at least what I'm used to and I feel like that's the norm um that it should be yearly um and then how much is that raise and maybe they don't give you a raise but maybe they add on benefits that would like equate to being a dollar or two
0: more i would say that's kind of for when I taught at dental school I Got paid lower amount, but I got benefits like insurance and retirement and all these things. And I couldn't like necessarily negotiate my pay, but I was able to negotiate for an extra day. Like instead of being four days a week, I wanted to be five days a week. And I was able to negotiate for that one year, which really worked out because in the following year, if I wasn't full time, I wouldn't have qualified for the student loan forgiveness program.
1: Mm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. There are different things that you could negotiate for. For.
1: i think that's what i learned for you from you the flexibility of negotiating whether in clinical or outside of clinical like be creative nothing is off the table nothing is taboo um, present it at least the only thing they can do is say no but at least you can have that discussion and see if it's even an option
2: and I think that's a luxury of dentistry that doesn't exist in medicine because in medicine you're working for a corporate hospital it's you know, these are PTO—two days off or, or two weeks off per year. These are blackout dates—like take it or leave it. Dentistry—it's a smaller family, so there's going to be—I know. My first job, they had asked me if I plan on taking the medical benefits, and I was like, "No, I'm on my husband's insurance plan." And they said, "Okay, we'll give you a dollar more per hour." Then that's so nice. Yeah, but then um, give me two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was like, okay, it's a dollar. Like I don't know. But then. That was kind of interesting because that was the first time I ever worked at a job that could just do that because everything else, I mean, I worked for like Abercrombie and Fish for a year, you know, like they didn't care if I was using their medical or not. (laughs) So like that was pretty cool just to see that uniqueness of dentistry play out that way. My best friend from Connecticut, Lindsay, too, from hygiene school, she was um, just, she went to a new office recently, I think about a year ago, and one of the things she negotiated Um, She has a lot to offer. She's a hygienist, also a myofunctional therapist. Mm -hmm. And she um, went on to a different office and she negotiated that into her package. She said, I want three or four weeks off per year paid. Wow. And they gave it to
1: her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That's another thing to be creative because some hygienists I've been hearing like they don't get that much paid time off, or it has to be at the discretion of when the dentist has time off, which I, I'm not for that at all. Um, or other benefits, maybe paying for your CEs, or paying for your dues, yeah. um, or scrubs or something, you know, there's different things you can mix and match with if it's not going to be... The dollar, although we like the dollar,
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a good valid point. I don't necessarily do that. I do that in social media, though. I yeah, <laughs> do that, I do that with. Okay, you want to pay me X amount, but maybe I want fifteen hundred dollars, and they want me to do a post and three stories, and I will come back with, "How about we do one post and a story?" Right. I'm trying to negotiate like that way say and say be like, "No, this doesn't work for me." Like figuring out, or maybe I wanted like two thousand dollars or something. I don't know. Like. We try to negotiate maybe not the amount, but the but the deliverables for that amount. What are you asking of me for that? I know some people when they're asking for raises or taking on jobs, they'll say like, Hey, for every fluoride that I sell, I get X amount of money. So okay, you can't guarantee you can't guarantee to pay me certain amount per hour, but you can you can do a certain amount, okay, do that amount. And then you yourself are then responsible for selling that fluoride or that oral cancer screening or whatever it is, that occlusal guard, and then you get extra money that way.
1: And I know some people who have aspirases um, they go in with like their production numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And you have the right to see those. I've also heard stories where they're like, oh well the doctor will let me see my production numbers. No, you're allowed to see them. And then from there if your production has so start tracking it if you have haven't already start tracking it? Start tracking it um, so that w- you can print it out. As long as you leave it at work, because if there's personal information, you don't want to take it out yeah. of work. Um, but start tracking it so that way you have physical proof that hey, I'm producing a fourth more, a third, half more. You know, I
0: deserve this race yeah. <laughs> pretty
1: much. If you have to justify at least you have something to stand behind.
0: We talked about this in another episode, but if you're if you speak Spanish or speak another language and you find that they're pulling you from your patient to go and interpret, then bring that data like keep track of, okay, this many times this last month, I was taken from my patient to go and interpret for the phone or interpret for the doctor or for the other hygienist. You know, I was able to sell this many plans to this many people uh, who were Spanish-speaking, specifically because you spoke their languages and bringing those those dollar amounts in and proving, hey, this is not, you know, just me having a skill that I use with my patient, but this is another role that I'm bringing to the office that is taking from my additional duties that I am doing, but taking away from my clinical time with my patients. A book recommendation that I think everybody should read or listen to, the audiobook is really good. It's called We Should All Be Millionaires. It yes. is fantastic, fantastic book, uh, specifically for women. But you, I mean, I'm sure if you're a man, you can, you can listen to it and get some snippets from it too. I love the mindset of money that she has, um, and how she deals with business dealings, um, and getting out of kind of like our mentality. Sometimes we have this fear of, "Oh, I am I worth more? Is it bad to make money?" I think maybe you, we, I come from a you know a background where I grew up pretty poor, and sometimes you feel kind of guilty like to have money, you know.
1: You're you know getting into that mindset, and then I feel like the also. The book sort of tells you why we've been in this mindset and why we're feeling guilty. It wasn't that long ago. I remember listening to it and it wasn't that long ago that women could start making their own money and having lots of values, uh, you know, working up their way in the ladder. And so it's like, man, this is still pretty fresh and we're having to make the way for our children now. You know, yeah. so that they can help. I mean, we have boys, but so they can have a Good voice girl. and feel, you know, and feel they have worth and know it's okay to ask for your value.
0: Yeah, I think we have maybe this. Um, sometimes we have trauma we carry with us and we don't even realize it. My dad grew up really, really poor, and he said he knows what it is to be hungry, um, and because of that, he's always wanting to one eat and so that has a impact on like his health obviously there's a this psychological like impact to like why he's overweight um, why he overindulges because in his mind like there's this scarcity mindset of food related back to knowing, knowing what it is to be hungry but he always says that he always wants to buy Food for people, or feed people, because he feels like everybody's kind of suffering that same way. Um, and so I feel the same way about money. Like growing up not having money, I I tend to have a scarcity mindset related to money. Like I need to take any deal and every opportunity because if I don't, then I'm not going to have money. And that's not true. That is not true. Um, I'm learning to be better about it now. I'm learning to say no. I'm learning to trust that things will come to me. Right. Um, But that's going to be a hard thing to get out of.
2: I can. And I also think one thing when you're working clinical and I actually had this conversation once with a patient who was a PA in a hospital. And she said, you know, like, I think I undersold myself when I took my first job. I was just excited to work and I didn't really feel like I don't feel like I could have got as much as I wanted to get. And I said, you know what helps me in dentistry, at least we provide our own income. Like we make our own money. It's it's our money that we, our hands are making this cash. Producers what we're asking for, it. yeah, so we're, we're producers. So what we're asking for isn't money from a corporation. Hey, I'm a cashier, nothing against cashiers, but hey, I'm a cashier. Can you pay me this much to, to do something AI can do? You know, this is, you are asking and fighting and, and advocating for how much of your own money you want to keep yeah, That's the yeah. way, that's the mentality I go into it looking because I am producing, you know, say $130 an hour. Okay. There's formulas out there that say a hygienist should take home a third of what she produces hourly. Yeah, And I think I agree. I always agreed with that statement and I always, you know, okay, that makes sense. So it, the idea is a third of it goes to the hygienist, a third of it goes to covering supplies, maintenance, things like that. And a third of it goes to the practice to cover marketing and, you know, new instrument you know, or, you know, covering PTO, you know, things like that benefits. So it all makes sense. You know, you can't take 100% of what you're producing, of course, you know, that makes no sense. But I liked this mentality until years went on. And I started to realize the reimbursement rate for profies is not going up. No. So then how are we expected to still, you know, to plateau? That's not our, that's not fair to us. We're not the ones, we don't have any leverage in reaching out to the insurance company fighting for our rates to go up, you know, and we're not the ones negotiating these contracts. So then why should our hourly rate rest on that? You know, so then there's this book out there, Million Dollar Dentistry. You can you can research. I think it's a short book. I only read the hygiene chapter um, that the doctor that I work with had asked me to read it because he really, everything I'm about to say, he, it was views that we share. Um, and he was one telling me, hygienists brings so much value to a practice aside from the hourly production. And he was the one, you know, we talked about insurance, and like reimbursement rates and how it's not fair. And eventually he wants to go fee for service where, you know, people buy a membership fee Insurance is cut out of the picture completely. Um, he wants to drop all insurances just because not only are they out there trying to only pay $40 for a pro they're cutting those fees as years go on. Yeah. They're trying to shave off dollars every year. So eventually we'll be no different than the hospitals. So what's <laughs> interesting
0: is that for medicine, those fees go up, but for dentistry, those fees haven't changed since they placed those the, those codes into place. Like the is percentages right? of like... Oh, we're one hundred percent prevention, eighty percent, you know, crown or fifty percent crown. Okay. Like those things haven't changed in the decades that those those, those things were created, which is crazy, right? That's which is, ridiculous. just ridiculous. Yeah. So
2: we can't allow our. So that's why. That's when I started to steer clear of the. You should be. You know, you should get a third of your hourly income because I I say no. We have so much more value, and this is how the doctor I work with, um, and the million dollar dentistry author feel is that a hygienist has such a rapport with her or his patients, and if there's treatment that's recommended, the hygienist taking an intraoral photograph of the treatment and being able to speak with the patient saying why this is important and why they need it, if that patient goes on to book that treatment, a lot of times it's because of the hygienist. So no, the hygienist isn't the one producing that thousands yeah. of dollars implant, but the wheels start moving yeah, from the hygienist. That's the value that they brought. So I know his philosophy is that hygienists should receive one percent of the treatment that the oh. dentist is doing, so that there's an incentive to back the pre-diagnosed treatment on a treatment plan. I like that. Yeah, which is
1: cool. That's a new thought that I've heard.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's the so we don't do that. I I do feel I am well compensated for my value in the practice that I'm in. Um, But it's because of it's beyond flicking and scaling and polishing, you know, it goes so much farther beyond that. And hygienists are the ones that patients will like to go see. I've heard, you know, I've had patients leave practices to come to see me at a different practice. I've had patients say, like, if you ever, to, they've told the doctor I work with, if you ever lose her, I'm getting out of here. You know, like, don't you ever get rid of her. And he's like, she's not going anywhere. And I think that there's so much value beyond our numerical production value.
0: Yeah. You know, I was talking to a dentist and recently about, you know, hygienists leaving the practice, leaving dentistry and whatever. And I was like, you know, I think we don't talk a lot about, The other side of things, which I hear from you, is feeling appreciated. You know, a lot of times you'll stay at a practice just because you appreciate how they are. You appreciate the flexibility. Like, you've talked about how you like, you know, how chill your office is, right? Um, There are other, like, benefits to working at a place that aren't necessarily monetary, for me, I really like to be heard. And I told the doctor like, hey, you don't have to like agree with me on a treatment plan, but I want you to at least hear my point of view so that I don't feel like I'm just being shut out of my patient's care.
1: Yeah. That's why I love my last practice and why I was there for so long is because I felt collaborative with the dentist, you know, that he listened to me and valued my opinion and my time with the patient. And at the same time, I had like flexibility to with my schedule if I needed to make it to a, my kid's event or something came up last minute like he didn't make me feel guilty that I had to skip out or it's more like what can I do you know to help yeah. you make it
2: and Amber it was interesting what you brought up before about the incentive plan so I do know there's a lot of practices that do that and I know traditionally what I've seen is sealants um sealants whitening occlusal guards
0: SDF SDF I've seen the oral cancer screening device, mm-hmm. like when they use a device, and that's just just the, uh-huh, an a separate uh-huh. fee. Laser sometimes. Oh, laser
2: sometimes. Yeah. Oh, and on production, I've seen anywhere from 3 to 5% production from SRPs. Because I do think there's value in that. If you're producing more yeah. for an hour, so if I go in to this nitty-gritty SRP, I'd like to think that I'm getting paid more that hour than if I were doing yeah. like a simple profit. you know, like I do think that they're, I would like to get paid for the work that I'm putting out there.
0: My friend, she gets paid a certain amount per hour and then they have a certain like goal. If they reach that goal, they get a bonus past that goal.
2: And is it the office goal or is
0: that? I think they have individual goals and an office goal.
2: Okay. I know we have a daily production goal. If we make it We pick poker chips from a bag the next day. Yeah, it's really cool. So we pick poker chips and it's, and he, like so, there's all different dollar amounts. Um, I don't want to bring, I don't want to give away his his secret. Um, but he so there's all different dollar amounts, and you just you know you blindly pick, and then if you make gold two days in a row, that next day we pick two times, and he does it up to five times. Oh. So the cheapest chip in there, I'll say, is ten dollars. Okay. Um, so it's coffee. Good, yeah, so it's good, substantial amounts. You know, and it's fun too. It's yeah, so fun
1: atmosphere you know. and morale and
2: we all celebrate each other too like if yeah. someone gets like one of the higher chips you know everyone's like yeah
0: <laughs> i think we just really that just goes back to like feeling appreciated right and i know that we've had some listeners who listen to our episode like our show i hope that you get from this is that like we want you to succeed we want the practice to succeed uh and we want to feel valued and heard and valued does not always equate to money, obviously Money matters, right? Like if I can't pay my bills, then that's not going to work. But at the you end of the day, for my gas. Yeah, I work for a nonprofit, and we make forty dollars an hour. Which in Houston, we can make like fifty-five dollars an hour, and I'm making forty dollars an hour. I do it because I like it. I do it because I love the people I work with. I do it because I love the work that we do. Because I feel respected and because I feel heard. Um, I do love that. I don't. I don't get benefits because I don't work full time. But for me, that's all I need. I drive an hour each way because. I love how I feel when I'm there.
2: I got something fun ready. Okay, I'm gonna come up with three. I'm not gonna improv, so I'm gonna think of these as I'm talking, which is gonna be probably interesting. So I have three things I'm going to ask you both. I want to hear your opinions. Is would you take less? Would you sacrifice money
0: off of your hourly rate for a shorter commute?
1: Yes, Uh, depends how much shorter
0: or how much. But (laughs) but I don't depend fully on my income from (laughs) clinical. If so, you
2: did so, clinical so clinical hygiene, you just have a full time job. If I could still, would you accept ten dollars more an hour than the average for an hour commute?
0: Ten dollars a lot. Ten dollars a lot. But, two but time hours is, is money two too. Two hours a
2: day—that's a yeah. lot. Two hours away from your kids each oh
0: day. God. I'm gonna say no. So you're saying I would be getting eighty dollars a day more, ten dollars an hour, ten dollars per. Oh my gosh, yeah. eight dollars a day is a lot. It's a lot of money. Yeah, I guess so. Because then I'm getting so then it's forty hours. Forty dollars per those two hours. Well, maybe
1: because then maybe you only need to work three days
0: instead of five. That's true. That's true. That's true. But if it was just like a dollar or two, nah. I'll just I. Look at us. What are no. the variables? This is a, this a yes or no cr- question, this Amber. What Amy had in
1: mind, and we're all like, "But what about this? What about this?" Okay. This is why I do
0: polls. Okay, that's <laughs> <next> a <laughs> button.
2: Next question, Amy. Next, next question. question. Um, now, would you accept more money, or would you accept less money? But the office is more flexible, meaning like time off was never a question. Is that worth $5 extra a month to lose or $5 extra per hour to lose because an office okay, is Okay, the flexible. numbers
0: amount, that's throwing me Those off. Those are big is numbers. The big yeah. numbers. I mean, would I accept less money, generally speaking, if the office was more flexible? Yes.
2: Okay. So that-
0: I don't know, about $5 better. an hour? <laughs> I mean, maybe because right now I make $15 an hour less than- the average. I mean, the average. I did that. I, I feel like
1: what I'm making in pedo is comparable, but I am certainly making, I was making less than other hygienists because I knew I had that flexibility in time.
0: But again, I'm making $15 an hour less than everywhere else, but I don't depend on that income. Yeah. So I think that's also a factor. But I think generally speaking, yes, because could I go and work at a dental office across the street from me for more money? I could, yet I choose to drive an hour each way because I'm happy at the other location because I'm happy about the work that we do. Which other question, Amy? Which other question? So
2: this one I won't name drop, but this is a realistic situation in Texas. Um, but this one does have the number attached to it because yeah, yeah, I know people that have worked in in these environments. Now, would you get paid? What is so? It's about maybe fifteen dollars more per hour to see about fifteen to twenty no. adult profies per day.
0: No. I would take less money for an hour patient. And that's not what I get right now. It's not because I work in public health. Right, but
1: right, right,
0: yeah. yeah, I would take less money for more time. I feel like I'm doing that already. I mean, not but for more money. Not for $15 yeah. more. But, and then some are adults,
1: you know, because we see all the way through college.
0: So some are adults. That but same. that's not that <laughs> adult. That adult is not. The but same. I'm not taking x-rays. That adult is not the same as my perio public health adults. She said pro fees, though. Yeah, she said pro yeah, but yeah. my my patients in general like they need they need the that's, time. That's the time that's tough. Yeah. Oh, some that's of these children. I mean, <laughs> I get what you're
1: saying. Amber.
0: I, I'm saying telling you that like 95% of my patients are perio. Yeah. And right. they're not and they're not simple perio. Yeah.
2: Bonus one. Bonus, okay,
0: <laughs> bonus one.
2: Could drama in an office cause you to leave. Oh, yes. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. yeah yes. you know. I, even I, if it we we was, was higher that. than the average. If you were getting paid higher than the average. Not worth it. I'm telling
0: you, I'm driving. I'm driving an hour into the city each way to get paid $40 an hour. I don't even, I don't get an hour per patient. Amy, if you're listening, I wish I could get an hour per patient. Because I love the people that I work with and I love the work that we do. I like that. And I almost die crossing the street every single day (laughs) trying to cross. Yeah, yeah, because the parking lot for us, the employee parking lot versus the clinic parking lot, they're not on the same street. So you got to cross the street and people in Houston, they don't care. They'll run you over. So I risk my life to get paid $15 (laughs) an hour less and I drive an hour each way. For a better work environment. Next question. Would
2: you sacrifice $15 an hour and your life to put a (laughs) priceless
1: smile on people's faces? Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we'll wrap up today's episode. Thank you for listening to Positively Hygiene. Join us every Tuesday for a new episode. Don't forget
2: to follow us on Instagram for the opportunity for how you can contribute to our podcast. And follow and review
0: Positively Hygiene on Apple and Spotify podcast.